0: Hi, I'm Dee Dee Basswell And I'm Dina Bass Williams, and we are the Bass Sisters. And this is Policy and Pound Cake. So, Dina, this month we are talking about Prayer and Pound Cake. Yes. Have you gotten your copy? If you have not gotten your copy, visit PrayerandPoundCake.com. Get a copy for yourself. It's a wonderful book for entrepreneurs. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is as well. It's been fun going through the book. It's 31 days of lessons that we've learned in mm-hmm. the last 15 years, actually over 15 years now of being in business as a family. And yeah, get your get a copy. Get a you copy. can get the ebook for $3. Yes. $3. I mean, come on now. You have to invest in yourself and invest in your business. This is a great start. So. Get your copy. We just started. We're just new in the month, so you can still catch up. So get yep. your copy today. All righty. So I am excited. We have a wonderful conversation. Looking forward to this conversation with Paul Fitzpatrick. Yes. Um, 1792 Exchange. Yeah, let's get into it. We are so excited to have Paul Fitzpatrick, president of 1792 Exchange, here with us this morning on Policy and Pound Cake. Paul, please tell us about 1792 Exchange and tell us about the name. Uh, yeah, thank
1: you so much. First, thank you for having me on. It's, it's my honor to speak to you and your audience. 1792 Exchange, the name comes from the year the first stock exchange was founded in the U.S. And it was founded because shareholders are being cheated There was not a free exchange of information and there was a lack of trust, which is a little like what we see happening today because corporations have gotten politicized. And what the organization is, is we're a nonprofit advancing freedom of speech, freedom of religion and free enterprise in this context, as I said, where corporations have begun to engage in political fights and been politicized in a means that undermines Our businesses and our freedoms and so we're here to help those corporations move back towards neutral and we're also here to protect small businesses and nonprofits that might get stuck and caught in the crosshairs because they happen to have the wrong viewpoint whether it be ideologically politically religiously uh, that maybe some corporation is being pressured to cancel that kind of business
0: hmm okay Awesome. Wow. And so, you know, we are a huge passion. We have a passion for the marketplace of ideas, mm-hmm. uh, uh, freedom of expression. Because of our faith, we want to make sure that everyone has the ability to to um, share their faith in the in the public square. But it when you talk about people in the workplace and corporate America, what is the big what is your greatest fear um, as we move into this kind of woke
1: wokeization of corporations <laughs> right well i mean there 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 are three big picture issues um one it it harms the businesses when they get take their eye off the ball of making money two it undermines our freedoms a- and three it is a threat to our overall economy especially when it comes to energy and we've also mentioned obviously mentioned the freedom of speech but our energy because the, under this banner of ESG environmental social and governance principles that's kind of the, how these ideas are got have are pushed into corporations so there's not really one threat it's really three major threats
0: okay, okay. So you guys Paul you you just recently had a launch um a, and it, I think it was your you have this thing called your corporate bias rating can you explain to us exactly what is the corporate bias rating and how does that work
1: Yes. Getting back to the overarching problem, what we saw, and it really exploded in in 2020, where corporations started, there were some employees fired, there were contracts canceled, there were customers canceled, there were vendors canceled, and it came from in the banking sector, people lost their banking support or payment processing or web hosting. So that was the big picture threat. Organizations lost their ability to function because of ideological or political or religious reasons. And so we said, we need to develop a tool so that they can protect themselves and they can evaluate their vendors and suppliers. So you know, your your small business, you have to have banking, you have to have web hosting, you have to have email marketing, all those things. If any one of those suppliers cut you off, it makes it hard for you to conduct your business. So we said, how can we help you, the small businesses and nonprofits who just wanna go about their missions, How do we equip them? So we developed the corporate bias ratings. We evaluated over a thousand companies on their likelihood of canceling or denying service or divesting for political, ideological or religious reasons. And so we're not pushing companies. We're not we don't hope companies become Republican or red or Democrat or blue, right or left. We just want companies to serve everybody with integrity and excellence. So this tool is intended for small businesses and nonprofits to evaluate their vendors and suppliers to see are they likely to be canceled? And and we can talk more about how you can use it, but also certainly some families are going to use it to make decisions that way, but it's really intended for small businesses and nonprofits.
0: Wow, that wow. is so important and so and, powerful. I know we are a small business and I think of the, you know, we we often pride ourselves on our ability, and I, on our ability to say, you know, we work for ourselves. We can say we can do whatever we want to. But I think about everything from this platform that we're using to record this Zoom. Mm-hmm. I mean, to record this um, Streamyard, uh, the accounts that we use to for our vendors to pay us and for us to pay um, uh, our contracts. Contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, if and we we say things that we know would get us in trouble in some spaces. Like Mm -hmm. we say that women are women and men are men, and you can't just choose to be one or the other. Um, We say things about our faith that are like, we believe we're Bible believing Christians. And this is what we believe. Jesus Life starts at conception. And so these saying these things, we've always kind of boldly said, well, we, you know, basketball Affairs, we work for ourselves, but you're right. We have the potential of being kicked off of platforms, possibly because of our worldview. Now, Um, Are there are there cases when like I I want to go through and we, you know, in in advance of the interview, Didi did the due diligence to look through and everything and prepared our interview brief. Um, And so as I look through some of the corporations as a as an individual, as a family, there are some corporations that I'm like, you know, what, I didn't know that they that they were in this threat. I personally don't want to use them anymore. Right. Do I do I find myself now in this space of cancel culture, like where I am canceling an organization because I don't like their um world their, their, their views, views or the way they behave?
1: Yeah, well that it's a good question. The, the question is, whose money is it? And b- back to the bigger picture. We're we're talking about a lot of these, we started with public companies because they're the big ones that have the most influence. <clears throat> public companies don't own themselves. Their shareholders own themselves. So that's one. They are When they're using their money and their brand to push an agendas mm-hmm. um, that are ideological, they're by definition dividing employees, alienating some customers, which makes it harder for them to be successful in the long term, which harms their shareholders. So that's the one side. The other side is you using your consumer dollars. They're your dollars. And it's up to you to decide... Do I want to work uh, to, to give money to in a, in a free exchange with an organization that is advancing an agenda that's opposite to what I believe, my deeply held beliefs? Now you might say, you know what? I don't like what they're doing, but I like their products, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna use them anyway because I don't have any all alternatives. Um, everybody is gonna have a. We're not saying there's a right or wrong answer to that. Some folks are gonna say, I don't have a choice. I gotta get my coffee on the way to work. There's only one place. I know they're, you know, whichever company, I don't like that, but I got to get it. Or there may be, I have two options. Again, back to our database, we're not primarily focused on consumers and those kind of coffee level decisions, frankly. It is back to the operational, financial operational supply chain. But But it is true, we as individuals, as consumers, should use our influence whenever we can for positive. And and maybe that's a good segue. And I don't mean to jump ahead. Do you want me to talk a little bit about how a consumer could use the database?
0: Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yes.
1: Okay, great. So whether when I say consumers, you know, we you can look at consumers broadly. You have the small businesses, the nonprofits, and then the individual consumers. We want all three to look in their database, look in excuse me, our corporate bias ratings, and and look at and print off the the one and a half page reports on their companies, the vendors that they supply, that they rely upon and and to evaluate it and to look in the details. Don't just say, well, it's rated high risk, so I'm never going to talk to them or it's lower lower risk, so they're fantastic. No, we want you to actually look at the details. See, why did they get a lower risk rating? Why did they get a medium risk or a high risk rating? And click on the links. Everything in there is public. It's footnoted as public information. And by the way, if a corporation tells us we're incorrect on something, we'll correct it. We're talking to companies right now, correcting their reports because they pointed something out and we're happy to do that. But what we want folks to do, print those off, walk in. For example, most of the folks listening to this, your bank is pushing an agenda. If you have one of the big banks, big national banks that has a local branch, they are probably pushing a pretty ideologically aggressive agenda. What you could do, let's say you're running a small business or a nonprofit or just your family, print it off, go in and very calmly, peacefully say, I'd love to talk to the manager about this rating. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing business with you and say, I see that you're a high rated high risk because you've done X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. That makes me concerned. You might cancel my contract. Um, Is that true? Might you do that? And and my guess is they're going to say, no, absolutely not. And we'll say, great. If you have a business, you you might want to say, well, will you put renegotiate the terms of our contract such that you're not going to cancel me, cancel our service because I happen to say something on my Facebook or my my blog right. uh, that you disagree with ideologically? So that's a, a way to do it, and and individual consumers can do the same thing. Um, we don't want to instigate arguments or altercations or any sort of anything like that. We want people to just calmly and rationally say, "I'm." using you as a service. I'm paying you money. Now you're using your money to, to push an ideological agenda that has nothing to do with your business. I just want you to know that doesn't make me want to do business here. Um, and so what we, we believe, if we change our behavior, they will change our behavior. But let me go to the green, the lower risk. We also want consumers of all types to go into companies or write companies or email them or call them and say, thank you that you are lower risk. Thank you that you're not politicizing your brand. I don't want you to be a party, Republican or Democrat or independent or anybody. I thank you for just having good products and services. And that also will have great reverberations up through the chain of command. The more people do that.
0: Exactly, what has the response been from companies that find out or that know what their rating is? Mm -hmm. What has, how has that response been?
1: Well, as you could imagine, We're not hearing from the ones that have a lower or green (laughs) rate where um we're hearing from the high risk ones and i had a communication with a with a medium risk one that Mm -hmm. that frankly they said hey you you link to a story that was later updated uh having to do with were they funding planned parenthood and so and again you can agree with that or not but the point is should a corporation be funding those kinds of things and so so we said, oh, gosh, thank you for letting us know. Our, our research team is looking at that, and we're going to most likely update their, you know, because it looks like they're correct, the data, mm-hmm. the report was updated later after our report. Now, the high-risk companies, uh, those are interesting conversations, because what mm-hmm. we want to do, we're not about beating them up, we're not about, we want to have a conversation and say, okay, what happened, uh, this this, ish, this incident or these multiple incidents added up to you being a higher risk? of canceling, doesn't mean they've already canceled. It means they're higher risk because they've done all the different things that say they are pushing an ideological agenda, mm-hmm. which is alienating some customers, which leads you to believe they're willing to cancel customers. Mm-hmm. So we're talking to them. So they're not happy, as you could imagine, but we're willing to have a conversation and say, will you do things to say publicly, you'll serve everybody and, you'll protect the viewpoints of your employees because all these big companies, honestly, they are, they'll have public statements and for their employees saying, we're not going to do anything that violates Title VII and we'll protect everybody, and they, as they should. Mm-hmm. But very, very few companies have a policy that also says, we protect employees and will not discriminate based on viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, that they don't have to do. But if they did that, I think more people would want to work there because it it tells you this is not the workplace where they're just having one viewpoint is allowed. It's it's really a workplace where multiple are allowed, which really tells you, you know what, this is the workplace. This is not the place for us to debate the most contentious ideological issues of the day. We want to go come to work, do our jobs, care for our, our colleagues and our customers, and go home. And you know what, on my own time, I'll, I'll talk about ideological things and this political party, that candidate, and all that. There's really no place for that in the office, frankly, mm-hmm. in the workplace. Um, and so that's one of the things we're, we're asking companies to do. We'll, we'll see. We just, we've just we only been public for uh, for a month. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the the almost 1,100 companies that we've now evaluated, 14% of them, about 150, are high risk. So I imagine we'll be hearing from a few of them.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um- you talked about ESG earlier, and um, that's an issue, obviously, that we have right. been wading into as well. And it almost feels like um, it is there is a prescribed answer to the E to the S and the G. Like mm-hmm. uh, it is okay to engage in these issues if your E S and G um, yeah. is uh, in aligned with a often left leaning view mm-hmm. of those things. Um, how do you? I, I I almost feel like it's a um, you know the horse is out of the barn on that, and I don't know how we how we pull back. How are you explaining to regular businesses, small businesses and large, right. um, the what like the actual danger of ESG? Because it's a very dense right. con- conversation that needs to be boiled down into um, manageable bites, and as a, that everyday people can really understand and, and talk about. Yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it starts with every company should be a good steward of everything, which includes the environment. So that you you shouldn't pollute. That's easy. That's the E. The S on the social things. Companies need to care for their employees, but they that does not mean that they need to endorse every unique agenda and ideology related to gender, sexuality, race, all those things. Um, and on the governance, of course, you want com- companies to have good governance and care for folks, and and steward the dollars well. But really, what ESG is 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 this idea: environmental, social, and governance. It it's a system that basically you think of it this way: ESG married woke corporate virtue signaling, and their baby <laughs> is and their baby is cancel culture. And and in essence, it's the weaponization of corporate power to achieve achieve ideological and political ends. And and that's a means for a few people to make billions, if not trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But but really what it does is it's choking the market. It's, mm-hmm. it's stifling the market. And so to answer your question on for small businesses, what they need to do is just be good corporate citizens and take care of their employees, their customers, their communities. And the problem is that the massive institutions the BlackRock State Street and Vanguard, the big asset managers, and then the big, the top 10 banks massively, and working with a group called Proxy Advisors that has to do with people voting their shares and shareholder resolutions. And they put pressure on companies to push these agendas. And so it comes down. And and so very few small businesses start, wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm working really hard, I'm working 12 hours a day. You know what, I'm gonna dedicate three hours today on ESG. Mm How figure out how to measure it and how to how to report it all that? No, no small business does that. So it's it's being pressed down from big corporations onto the small businesses, and and we appreciate that if if you're trying to get a loan and every bank is saying you have to check an ESG box, we appreciate you're in a really hard spot. Mm -hmm. The question is, what are you as a small business committing to do? Um, the there's a thing called greenwashing that some of your listeners have probably heard of. That's where companies use the word green and renewable and sustainable and all that, even though it, it has, they're not changing anything that they're doing. They're just, of course, they're not trying to pollute. They're, they're obeying the law, but they have to slap these words on top of it. That's a bit of what ESG is, but it's more than that. There's genuine risk to businesses because coming down, I didn't even mention the insurance companies. Your small businesses are under pressure that, you know, if, if your bank is saying you have to have an ESG score and somehow you figure that out. Well, then the, those big institutions and financial institutions are putting pressure on the insurance companies to say, don't insure people in this industry because their ESG score is too high. You know, they they produce too much carbon. They have a factory or they're producing cars or electricity. Um, that is a massive Pressure and the threat because any, any businesses, you know, depending on what you're doing, if you don't have insurance, you're shut down. And so, I I appreciate there's no easy answer. I appreciate for small businesses the, the really the pickle they're in, the squeeze they're in. But I do think it's it's worth them coming back with facts, with data, saying we are doing, we're good corporate citizens, and what you're asking me to do, it's it's beyond the law. We don't need to do that. But also, it's not making a difference. And I think it's worthwhile them being armed to say, what this is leading to, this is choking capital markets. And it, that's manipulating markets. For example, within the insurance industry, it's driving up costs for some, reducing it on others. It's driving up our energy costs because these big financial institutions are saying, no, we, we commit to not funding oil, gas, and coal. Well, what is that doing? When there's, when there's less funding of that, it drives up the cost. And then you add on top of that, global problems. And all of a sudden our energy costs are really high. And so what's that do for the consumer? It's not just your gas and your car is expensive. Every product is more expensive because exactly. the biggest input in manufacturing is energy for most things. And then the other thing is your food costs are dramatically higher. <laughs> and because massive inputs, energy, fertilizer, all that. And so you, you have got, Individual families, the hardworking families that are really struggling because companies are making political and ideological commitments. It's harming them, harming the business, harming the family. So we need folks to get educated on that. And and by the way, on the E, the environmental piece, we're not here to debate. Is it a little warmer than it was a while ago in time? Sure, it's a little warmer. You know, and that's even, you know, how much? That's mm-hmm. debatable. But what these companies have been committed to doing is saying we're going to keep the globe from getting one more than 1.5 degrees celsius hotter by 2050 and that's called the paris agreement which the u.s didn't sign on to Um, and by the way the biggest polluters in the world like china did not sign on to either but these corporations are (laughs) committing to that they're committing to that by 2050 to get there they're committing to being net zero on carbon emissions so mm-hmm. to do that, you to do that, you, it, well, it's not feasible one, but they are actually changing our entire economy, how we're investing right. and what we're doing based on that target. So that's a long-winded answer that your small business owners and listeners need to get educated to be able to say, wait a minute, you're pushing an agenda that's not based on science; it's based on ideology let's figure out a way to work together to protect the environment take care of our employees and be profitable because frankly our the global competition we can't be fighting with each other we need to be competing with outside forces
0: that is so true i know you've got your wrap up question and we're going to wrap up but paul this has been so great we really there, is. I have so many, many, many more questions. And that we would, sure our listeners do too. Yeah, and we want to have you back and just even to just like grab coffee and talk about these things because there's so much more I want to ask. There is, I'm going to ask boom. this one quick question. Okay. Please. please let me ask this But I, I'm not even going to ask the question. I'm just going to say something. Earlier you said um, we, sh- uh, we talked about what you can and can't say in the workplace. I personally believe that you should be able to say whatever you want to say in the workplace um, that's not offensive, like that's actually not offensive, but people need to just get over it. This is my opinion, this is your opinion, mm-hmm. so the, they can when the, agree to disagree. Right, in it's the, when the corporation says, Hey, you have to go to this um gender affirming meeting because that's what we're going to do. That's and I then think if you that, done, I don't, then think this... that's fair. But as a Christian, I want to be able to say Jesus is the you know, real, and thing. I agree and with I that want as well. Who, like when I, when I worked in a position where I was a senior and my my assistant we had completely different like we we could not agree that today was wednesday we didn't agree on anything but, but that she, assistant should she, be able to say what she said whatever she wanted to and she never felt like she was going to get penalized or reprimanded i mean she was like a you know pink hat woman um mm-hmm. march you know woo. and that and is that's, not my my lane but we loved each other and we were and she's and I miss her so much. But see, the thing is, not everyone is like that in the workplace. And some people can't accept their greed to disagree. But I think people should be able to express their opinions or whatever their views are and it not be held against them. And your corporation or your boss or your superior or whomever shouldn't keep a tab of those individuals who disagree with what they dis- what they believe in and hold it against the person. That is when it goes down a really bad but rabbit right. trail right. or whatever, rabbit right. hole in this. And, it's not and good. that's just what I wanted to say about that because I, I I just believe people should be able to say what they want to say and not. But Paul, if people want to find out more about, You've got to the I question know. Question but if people, people want to find out more about 1792 and exa- exchange and exactly what you guys do, give us your website one more time.
1: Yes, yeah, ti- Excuse me, 1792 exchangecom Com. And it's very easy. You can put in the name of a company and it'll come up or you could you could put on an industry. Say, I want to look at banks uh, or I want to look at banks that are low risk or banks that are medium or high. Uh, it's very easy to navigate. It's just like shopping. And so we encourage that. And, and uh, feel free to leave comments and questions
0: for us. Awesome. 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 One last question before we leave. When you are with your 1792 Exchange team, team Or you're just hanging out? What is your favorite dessert when you're talking about policy policy and other things?
1: Wow. Um, You know, it depends on the day. I really like dessert. So a brownie sundae is hard to beat. Mm -hmm. I'll just leave it at that.
0: Okay. I like it. Do you want fudge on the brownie sundae or just the sundae?
1: yeah. No, fudge on it. You got to go full yeah. whipped cream, maybe not sprinkles. You I name it.
0: Like you, Paul. That's why we're we're connected, Paul. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And please make sure you like, share, follow, policy and pound cake. And 1792exchange.com. <laughs> okay. okay. I so enjoyed that conversation. Yes. And 1792 exchange.com. Definitely go to it. That is an extremely powerful tool for small businesses. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely amazing. Yes. And they, I can't imagine the volume of time Mm -hmm. and work it took for his staff to pull something like that together. But what an, like you said, what an incredible resource that is going to be for small businesses and for large corporations as well. Absolutely. I think as a consumer and as a small business person, I, we should all appreciate that and right. the work that they do at Seventeen Ninety Two Exchange. So, thank you again, Paul, for joining us. It was great. Yep, we look forward to following up in a couple of months to see how to see how it's going, and we think that it's going to actually encourage people to embrace religious liberties and mm-hmm. embr- embrace um, freedom of expression uh, more. And Absolutely. And, and something that he said, I appreciate because you do this—you celebrate people who do good work. Mm-hmm. When you have a good server, when you're on the phone and you have a good customer service person, you ask to speak to the manager and you're like, Hey, I want to celebrate Jenny. She did a great job and you're really good about doing that. Mm-hmm. And I need to be better about doing that. And so the companies that have a green light on this um, report, let's celebrate them. Let's encourage them to continue to do the good, um, to be fair, exactly. you know? and to do the things that they're doing. So. Well, we thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Policy and Pound Cake. Please be sure to like, share and follow and continue to stay tuned in.